to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Shed On Air. I am Rich Piazza of FantasyShed.com, which you probably already know. If you are listening, you could find me on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com, as well as at Rich P Fantasy. Our rankings, our content is all over at FantasyShed.com as well as on Fantasy Pros. So go check that out over there. We are in week seven, and this is your week seven preview. So, Antonio Brown, which you know, has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a one-year deal just over the league minimum, and he just adds another weapon for Tom Brady and that offense, as well as that defense. He's not adding to the defense, but that defense is really good. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set up for a nice run and in position to get Tom Brady another championship ring over there. What can we expect from him? Well, it's been a while since he's been out there, and he needs to take care of his off-the-field issues. Uh, before he's going to be impactful for the Buccaneers. But there's no doubt that it will take some targets away from Mike Evans, um, you know, Scott Miller, Justin Watson, those guys, Tyler Johnson, those guys are going to be now phased out a little bit more once Antonio Brown is active, which could be as early as week nine uh, for the Buccaneers. Um, Godwin probably won't be as in, impacted because he's going to be in the slot more, which is where he excels. So I'm not looking as at that as a factor for uh, Godwin. So we'll see. I mean, it's been a while. You know, we don't know how he's going to be since it's been a long time since he stepped on the field. Same can be said about Des Bryant, who signed with the Ravens practice squad right now, and it's been a long time since he's been out there, and last time he was, he was not very impactful, so I like the signing for the Ravens. They could use him. Um, He is going to add a little bit more to that offense once he's um, up to speed and ready to go, so it's, again, Low uh, low risk signing for uh, the Ravens, but interesting that in the same week you have Antonio Brown and Des Bryant both signing with new teams ahead of the trade deadline, which is November 3rd. I know that's a pretty important day, as we all know, and it's also the NFL trade deadline, so it's also an important day in NFL circles. And who could we see possibly being traded? Well, just right before... I came on here to record this show. Michael Thomas's name. Yes, Michael Thomas from the Saints. His name was just said that the Saints would consider or could consider trading him at the right price. Now, we know Michael Thomas has only played one game this season. It was not very good. So interesting that his name has come out. He's already been disciplined by the team last week. After missing three games for an ankle injury, he was disciplined um, and did not play in in week five, I should say, not last week. They were on a bye in week five for for punching a teammate in the face. So there might be some issues going on there with Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints. So interesting that his name is being floated out there as a possible trade candidate ahead of this November 3rd trade deadline. 
Other names we could see being moved, you probably heard them as well. Juju Smith-Schuster, Julio Jones is a name that people have mentioned as, as a possible target for Green Bay, who has said that they are exploring options at wide receiver. Um, Jamison Crowder, and any Jet play for that matter, is on the block. I wouldn't rule out a trade of anybody from the New York Jets. Evan Ingram and Golden Tate of the Giants can possibly be moved. A.J. Green, his name's been out there for quite a while. Dwayne Haskins, Matt Ryan, also of the Falcons. Interesting that he could be floated out. I don't know who would be willing to go in that direction. John Ross of Cincinnati, he's been linked a little bit to Kansas City, which that's just what they need, right? More speed for them. That would be crazy. Kenny Stills, Gerald Everett, the tight end over with the Rams. David Njuko, although uh, with the injury to um, Austin Hooper, who knows if they are willing to move him. So just some names, of course, there's always more, and there's always names that pop up later around or are traded that we really don't expect to be traded, but that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it interesting. So just keep that in mind as we have 10 days from right now before that trade deadline. Some other news that we have to uh, look at, COVID situations. There has been some scheduling changes, so be sure to check out. You can go to NFL.com, check out their scheduling changes. Um, and we have to be able to adapt and as fantasy leagues, fantasy commissioners, we have to be able to adapt and have some contingency plans in place for this. We knew this going in. We knew this and we've told you this all throughout the summer and you know June, July, whenever you're getting ready to have your leagues, you have to have a plan for your league. This is not a season like any other. This is not just a someone got hurt on a Friday type of thing. This is a situation like we've never seen before, never had before, and you have to be able to adapt. I keep saying you can't make rule changes mid-year. Well, usually I agree. You should not be making any rule changes to your leagues mid-year. But if something comes up and you weren't prepared for that change, you have to be open. Players have to be flexible. So I know in, uh, in one of my leagues... We have a situation where if there's a game, and we've already had this a couple times this year, that might or might not get played because of COVID-related issues, and it could be a Monday night game, right? For example, we just had last Monday, we had um, had the second Monday night game between the Bills and uh, Broncos, if I'm not mistaken. So there was a chance that that game would not get played depending on tests on Sunday or tests on Monday. So if you... What we did is we could have those players in our starting lineups. We would also nominate a player from our bench that would then take the place of the player whose game got canceled last minute in case that player could not go. Some people don't agree. Some people say, no, you got to have it. No, that's you have to be flexible. You have to be flexible. And if you haven't done that yet, I suggest as a commissioner of a league, you get your guys together and you come up with a plan on how you're going to do that. Another one of my league, we had a league vote on if we should just make the league a best ball format rather than a head-to-head type of league. It was voted down, but at least they gave the option, something to give plans for, all right? We increased our bench spots. We increased IR, IR spots. Platforms are starting to adapt and add a COVID-related IR spot. I know Flea Flicker, for example, you could have pretty much anybody you want. It depends on your league settings, what you choose on IR. So we have anything other from a below questionable. Anybody who's who's listed as out, doubtful, IR, 
COVID, whatever, they're able to be placed in that IR spot. So make changes, have plans in place. This way you're not, you know, scrambling and, and, and you have a bunch of people who are complaining midweek. All right. Weather update. This is for Kansas City and Denver. There is a winter storm watch in effect for the entire Denver area. Snow, it could be accumulating two to four inches in game. So the in-game accumulation could be two to four inches. Temperatures, that could plummet into the mid-teens as well, especially in the second half of that game. So something to keep in mind for those with Kansas City and Denver players, and there are quite a few of them in there. On a positive note in that game, the wind is only supposed to be around 7 to 9 miles per hour, so that should not be much of an impact there. But everything else, it's cold. And when it's cold, especially that cold, it's hard for quarterbacks to grip the ball. So uh, to keep that in mind, maybe lower your expectations for players in that game. We have the Vikings, Colts, Ravens, and Dolphins on a bye this week. That means no Dalvin Cook. He's hurt anyway. Uh, No Alexander Madison, who let us all down last week. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, and all other Colts offensive players you might have, like Trey Burton and such. Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Miles Gasson. Been a nice surprise for many. Uh, Devontae Parker. So those players are out. Now, what about Ryan Fitzpatrick? So it came out that Ryan Fitzpatrick is no longer the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And he didn't do anything wrong. He has them at 3-3, three and three, and he's played really well. He's been a QB1 for fantasy purposes most of the season, but now is a time for Tua. And you can make the argument, is it a good time? Is it a bad time? Now, the Dolphins have said that this is, or this was, the plan all along. When they return from their bye week, they would be going to Tua. And that might be fine, but I think when you look at how Fitzpatrick has played, maybe it's not the right thing to do. Also, if this was your plan, apparently Ryan Fitzpatrick was not aware of it because he said it broke his heart when he found out that he no longer be the starting quarterback. So maybe he's another name that you pay attention to uh, ahead of the November 3rd trade deadline as well. Other top news, injury-related, Michael Thomas, I already talked about. He would have missed, or he is going to miss this game because of a hamstring injury that was suffered in practice. And like I said, this is missing after three weeks with an ankle sprain and then being disciplined by the team for a week as well. So no Thomas since week one. He's gotten you about three fantasy points on the season. Aaron Jones, he's a game-time decision. So fire up Jamal Adams, uh, who has looked really good this season, by the way. And even A.J. Dillon, if in fact Aaron Jones does not go. Now, if he does go, I still think Jamal Williams would be a nice play because they should probably be easing Aaron Jones in there. I don't expect him to get a full workload, even if he plays, especially being a game-time decision, did not practice on Friday. Joe Mixon is also out. So what is Giovanni Bernard? Uh, Some have him ranked inside RB1 territory. A little bit high for me. I know he's going to get a lot of opportunity, but that does not always translate into success. I think he's an okay player. I have him as a back-end RB2 this week in the 22-23 range, which is actually a lot lower than a lot of people. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, he's not somebody I would rush out to get. If you have him, if you could get him, if you need the help, I would have him in your lineup because he's going to be getting the work. But there are people who are expecting way too much out of Giovanni Bernard. And, you know, they also have some My JP Ryan. Could we see him or Trayvon Williams? We could see them as we could see him as well. So uh matchup is fine, just not crazy about the player himself as uh an RB1. Other players who are out this week, John Brown, Austin Hooper, Raheem Mostert back on IR, suffering an ankle injury in his first game back from his previous injury. Sammy Watkins, Tyler Eifert. On the questionable side, the Jets are expected to have Sam Darnold back, but he's listed as questionable. Jamison Crowder as well. Robert Tunyon, Curtis Samuel. Now, this impacts DJ Moore. Samuel is out. I think it helps DJ Moore a lot. Jeff Wilson, you could have Jermichael uh, Hasty as well. If uh, if Wilson is inactive, um, then I think Hasty is a nice play in, in desperate situations. Julian Edelman. Justin Jackson, keep an eye on this one because it's a great matchup, and this could mean a bigger workload for Joshua Kelly uh, if Justin Jackson, who practiced all week in a limited fashion. So just check that out. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. And DeAndre Hopkins, who doesn't really need to practice anyway, but he is questionable. Before we get into our starts of the week, players I like, Uh, Let me tell you about Thrive Fantasy, guys. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win your share of the prize pool. And if you're playing in the contest, they also have over-under props as well. I will get more on that, on who I like this week. You choose how you want to play. The more you play, the more you win. It is easy to do. So much fun as well. Not just NFL either. They also have NBA, MLB, PGA, and esports. Use promo code SHED, S-H-E-D, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50. That's right. Thrive will match your first deposit of up to $50 when you use promo code SHED. That's S-H-E-D. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. So sign up and prop up today. Stick around for my top Thrive prop picks later on in the show. All right, let's get into some previews here. And I'm not going to go through the complete slate. I'm going to just touch on players I like. So uh, I'm not going to mention the top guys at each position because obviously they are in your lineups anyway, as they should be. But my quarterback start of the week is Matthew Stafford versus Atlanta. Over under 55 in this game, Atlanta has allowed 300 plus passing yards in every contest so far this season. Stafford has a full complement of his receivers. And keep an eye, Marvin Hall and or Quintez Cephas, not a bad Millie make a dart throw in this one as well. But I think Stafford is a good start, which I also would lead me to make Matt Ryan also a good start because Atlanta is going to have to throw to keep up in this one because the Atlanta defense is just that bad. So fire up Matthew Stafford. Get him in your lineup, especially if you're a streamer. He is my top one of the week. Other quarterbacks I like, Justin Herbert versus Jacksonville. He's approaching weekly start status for me. He's right there. 
Um, you might have better options. That's why I'm, I'm not saying he has to be in your lineup every week, but he's approaching. This game has, has an over-under of 49. I think this game goes over that. The only downfall I see to Justin Herbert is they could build enough of a lead early where they start controlling the clock on the ground. So um, I actually have, and I'll probably be talking about this in a little bit, but I actually have Joshua Kelly um, ahead of certain other people, which I'll get to uh, this week for that reason. Now, when we have as many bye weeks as we have now and coming up and uh, injuries that we have, these lists get smaller and smaller because you have to use pretty much whoever you can. So that's why these lists are getting uh, smaller um, and there's really not that many surprises on them. And you'll see what I'm talking about as I get to uh, the running back uh, in just a little bit. Some quarterbacks I'm not a fan of, Teddy Bridgewater versus New Orleans. Uh, they are expected to have some fans in the stands there in New Orleans this week, but the team's coming out of uh, out of the bye week. It's a division game. News of the Bucks getting even stronger, so the Saints could be fired up, and I'm not comfortable or that happy with Teddy Bridgewater this week against the Saints. Derek Carr versus Tampa Bay. That defense in Tampa has played great, only allowing 14 points per game to opposing quarterbacks fantasy-wise. Uh, and Carr is only averaging 19 fancy points a game himself. So uh, not a quarterback I would want to use this week is Derek Carr against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Running back starts of the week. Now remember, I'm not going to give you the obvious. Okay, the guys that should be in your lineup on a weekly basis. I try to give you guys that maybe are contemplating getting in your lineups or not. And as I just mentioned, things are getting very, very tough now with the bye weeks, the injuries, covid all those situations that you may be forced into using someone we would normally never even consider. So perhaps this week I'm taking the easy way out. I'm not going to give you a start of the week. Um, I'm not going to even mention uh, Giovanni Bernard, who I just talked about before, okay, because of Joe Mixon injury. So I'm not going to go there because so many people already have. So here are some guys that you could put in your lineups if you need them. I mentioned just a little while ago Joshua Kelly. Clearly... He's a must-start if Justin Jackson misses the game. But even if Jackson, who was limited all week, as I mentioned, plays, maybe they give him... Now, we don't know why he's he was limited. It could be that he's he's just getting extra rest during the week, um, or there maybe is some concern. He's got something going on with his knee. Maybe his knee is sparking a little bit. But even with Jackson playing, game flow could really reward Kelly in the fourth quarter. And I like his chances for the goal line work as well. I'm torn between him and Chase Edmonds as a second running back this week. And right now I'm leaning towards Kelly and it has nothing really to do. Maybe I'm a little bitter about what happened last week. I thought Edmonds was going to have a better week against Dallas, but it was all the Kenyon Drake show, especially at the end there. You know, things didn't really work out for Edmonds last week. But I do think that Arizona is going to have to pass more in this game against Seattle than they had to against Dallas. So I still think Drake could still get it done this week as well. But I do think that they will have to pass more, which would be more opportunities for Chase Edmonds. However, like I said, I'm leaning towards Joshua Kelly over Chase Edmonds in that one right now, especially, especially if Justin Jackson misses that game. But even with his questionable tag, that is kind of what is putting me on the Kelly side right now. 
AJ Dillon, I mentioned, if you are desperate and Aaron Jones does play, we could still see an uptick in carries for Dillon in this game as well. I mentioned that he did not practice on Friday. I'm talking about Aaron Jones. So when you're a game time decision, there is concern. And even if active, chances of getting a full workload are very slim. So if Aaron Jones is out, Jamal Williams is a must start. And I think Dylan will see more carries than people think as well. And I just don't think he's being talked about enough. His, you know, his name is not being floated around other than in Green Bay circles. So AJ, so AJ Dylan, a nice pickup and a nice play if you need him. Others to get in your lineup, Jerick McKinnon. And either Jeff Wilson or Jamaica Hasty. If Wilson's active, um, then he should be in there. If if Wilson's not active, Hasty should Hasty should be in there. So just that's something that you you kind of have to monitor. If you went out and, and you picked up Hasty on waivers this week, um, I probably would not use him if Jeff Wilson is active. But as I keep saying, you may be forced to because that's you know that's the situation that we're in right now. Okay, again, so many injuries and bye weeks, and it's a mess. It's a mess. This you know this whole year has been a mess. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I also like at Atlanta. Hopefully, we are starting to see the changing of the guard there, and and Detroit actually uses Swift uh, the way he should be used. Wide receivers. Traquan Smith versus Carolina. I already talked about Michael Thomas. He's out, as is Emmanuel Sanders. He is out, too, placed on COVID. Uh, Traquan should be peppered with targets. Uh, Deontay Harris and Marquez Calloway as well will also be involved. And like Marvin Hall for Detroit, one of those guys, Harris or Calloway, could be a nice DFS tournament play this week as well. But Traquan with his price tag is a nice play, but you are for sure that he's going to have a ton of ownership in any format this week. Russell Gage, he's better with Julio on the field. And Julio's going to be on the field, and I like his matchup against what should be against Daryl Roberts for Detroit. So Russell Gage is somebody that if you need, you could get him in your lineup. If you want to take another shot on Miko Hardman, go ahead. He's a lottery ticket. If you play him, you have to understand that you're playing his big playability and are not guaranteed anything as we saw last week. Plus, with the weather, who knows how it's going to be played out. So he's somebody, maybe you're behind or whatnot, and and, and you need you need that upside. Your, your lineup's not looking that great this week, and you got to take a chance. All right, go ahead, and maybe you'll get a big bomb touchdown from me, Cole Hardman. Um, you know, or he separates or a defender slips or whatever the situation is. So if you need him, go ahead and use him. Over on the tight end front, TJ Hawkinson. And he goes along with my quarterback start of the week in Matthew Stafford. Atlanta, not just giving up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks, but also the most points to fantasy tight ends as well. 17.6 points per game. So this is certainly a good week to Go ahead and use Hawkinson. In one of my leagues, I've been going with Mike Gusecki for most of the season. And when someone plays and drops a goose egg in my lineup, they're gone. I have to get rid of them. Unless you're a top guy and something happened, they're gone. And Gusecki's not that guy. So anyway, Gusecki on a bye week anyway, I needed a tight end. And I recently traded for Noah Font, but I was unsure of his status heading into the week. So, Which, by the way, he's good to go now. I targeted Hawkinson in a trade and was able to get him along with Mike Williams in exchange for Jamison Crowder and the aforementioned Gusecki. So I'm happy with that one, at least for this week. I try to win. Um, I'm not towards the top in, the, in this league right now, being 
really crippled with some injuries, losing Saquon Barkley. Then I traded for Nick Chubb. He got hurt that same week. So things have not really gone well in this particular league. So I'm looking to win every single week. And that's why I went ahead and I targeted Hawkinson for this week in particular. And it might work out. It might not. Jameson Crowder is also questionable. So the player who I gave up, uh, you know, might not be available to me anyway or wouldn't have been available to me. So interesting. We'll see how that works out. Other tight ends, Jared Cook, a popular DFS play this week for sure. Nice play for the same reasons as I mentioned with Traquan Smith and the other Saints uh, wide receivers. Okay, they need the targets in this one. So if you have Jared Cook, it would be a good week to use him. If you're faced with a Jared Cook-Hawkinson combo and you don't know who to play, I am going with Hawkinson over there. I, In fact, I have Hawkinson ranked number three, I believe, this week. Could be four, but three or four on my rankings. I don't have them up right now, but three or four for Hawkinson this week. Um, and that is my tight end plays. I mean, the whole that whole position is just an absolute disaster, right? At tight end. So uh you kind of have to use whoever you have, whoever is at your disposal. So um it's almost like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews on a bye, and then everyone else. So um which, by the way, if uh, Dallas Goddard is available in your league, go and pick him up. Uh, you still have a couple weeks away uh, before he returns, uh, but uh, he should be back after the bye week. So week 10, he should be back. Urch will not be back in time for that. So uh, if he's available, especially if you have an IR spot, go ahead and pick him up just in case. All right. Uh, I'm not going to give any DFS plays. You know, sometimes I'll I'll... I'll share my favorite plays because you know what? I've been ice cold in uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, so I'm, I'm not the one to go to with any of the DFS plays this week. But I will give some Thrive props. Now, this is an area well where I also have been pretty cold the past couple weeks. But I started off the first five weeks on fire. So I'm going to continue giving my favorite props on Thrive. Not contest related. These are from the props lobby. Now, keep in mind also that they could change, all right? Similar how if you are playing a game and you play one line, that line could also change. You're going to be set into whatever line you used. Um, I know there are some cases where I see a prop on somebody and then I go back a little while later and that prop is no longer available. So these are the props available right now that I like. DJ Moore, 69.5 yards. Um, I will be probably taking the over on that. He has 93 yards the past two games in this one. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's got an over-under at 43.5 yards. I will probably be taking the over on that. I actually like Valdez-Scantling in this one. And one play from him, and and he basically gets the um, over there. So he's being targeted on, on the deep balls. It's just a matter of him coming down with them. So I like the over there. And you'll see, as I mentioned this, for some reason, I mentioned this in in a previous podcast, a lot of the props I look at, I'm more attracted to the ones where I can go over. Um, I'm more inclined to take over on props than I am on under. That's just the way it works out. I don't know what it is. Um, You know, so most of the props I'm giving you, I will mention one in a little while that is the under, but uh, most of the problems I'm giving you are the overs, and it's just the way it works out for me. Matthew Stafford, uh, I keep talking about him, 287 and, uh, and a half passing yards. 
And I already mentioned that every quarterback is thrown for over 300 yards against Atlanta. So, of course, I am going with the over in that one from Matthew Stafford as well. And I don't have ownership of him um, anywhere. So I don't have Stafford in any lineup. I will have him in DFS, though. And, of course, I'm taking this prop. Hawkinson, of course, I'm taking him. Now, this is tricky. His over-under for yards is 38.5. And it's tricky because Hawkinson, he can have a big fantasy day without having the yardage. Um, but I feel like the 38.5 is is just a low number for him this week against uh, the league's worst defense against the tight end. So I am going the over on that one as well. So I have a lot invested apparently in the Matthew Stafford and Hawkinson connection this week. Amari Cooper, 60, 67 and a half yards is, I think, a pretty good number. And you can go ahead and take the over on that. David Johnson, 64.5 yards. I like the over on that as well. Darren Fells, here's my under, and it's 35.5 yards, so I'm going to take the under on that, especially because Aikens could be back this week as well. So, the Fells is really not one to get the yardage. He's more of the touchdown guy anyway. So, with Aikens coming back, um, I'm taking the under on Darren Fells, 35.5 yards. Now, if a player is inactive on Thrive, by the way, then that particular prop and that contest that you played if so if you played four of these props and one of them included a player that was inactive or did not play any snaps then um that prop is canceled okay and you'll get refunded on that so um if he's inactive then that if you played that prop or something else that's going to be canceled just keep that in mind james connor this is i look back and he hasn't hit this number really all that much especially in 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 the recent, um, but 19 and a half, uh, receiving yards. I feel like that is a little low in this game. I feel like he could get over that maybe at the 23, 24 receiving yards. So I'm inclined right now to go on the over for James Connor and that receiving yards of 19.5. So those are my favorite thrive prop picks of week seven. And please be sure to head over there, check them out, use my promo code SHED, S-H-E-D, not that difficult. You will get your instant bonus on your first deposit match of up to $50, okay? So you deposit $50, you'll get $50, all right? You deposit $20, you'll get another $20. So you can have $100 in your account for a $50 deposit, and you can turn $100 into a lot more money uh, very easily. It's a lot of fun. So that's going to do it. Go set your lineups, get your props in, and enjoy week number seven. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.